0: does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128 point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties, a two-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty, and a 30-day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All
1: right, we're going to push the pop quiz to the end of the show today because right now in the Payless stickers hotline, To talk more about Thursday's NBA draft, as his Twitter profile says, he is not Kyrie Irving. He is Kyle Irving from the Sporting News, and he joins us here on Tuesday morning. Good morning, Kyle.
2: Morning, guys. I appreciate you clearing that up right and early.
1: Yes. Yeah, good to get that. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if you want to be associated with that. Um, So I'm glad that we were able to get that out of the way. Uh, What's the dumbest NBA draft take you've heard here over the last few months?
2: Actually, yesterday I read something that said uh, the Hornets are leading towards Brandon Miller, but we have no idea where the intel came from, and no one can find like where it ap- appeared on the rumor mill. Um, and when I read that, I was like, that just I, I read something and didn't learn anything whatsoever.
1: <laughs> well, what would you do it to if uh, the new ownership group decided to hire you and said, all right, uh, you make the pick that's going to largely shape our franchise for the next decade?
2: I mean, I would actually take Scoot Henderson. I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's the second-best prospect in this class. I just think he works so hard. Um, Basketball's the most important thing in his life, and he is going to work his butt off until he is one of the best point guards in the NBA. Uh, so even with some of the shortcomings that he has, I really believe that he's going to be the second-best player in this class.
0: And is it safe to say, if that were the case, Kyle, that Brandon Miller does not fall further from third, right?
2: Yeah, Brandon Miller seems like a top three pick, no matter what. Him and Scoot Henderson are both still jockeying for that number two spot with the Hornets. It seems like, but um, you know, he's an incredible talent as well. He just has, for me, he has to develop a little bit more as an on-ball creator. Um, he does a lot of his damage just catch and shoot. Uh, he still has to work on his handle, but you know, he's the type of versatile wing that you can't really pass on him outside the top three.
0: So, tell me if this is a a fair assessment, Kyle. You have probably franchise level players in the top three of the three that the two that we just mentioned and then obviously web and Yama. and then from like four to probably 12 to 13 you have guys that seemingly are going to be good pieces that you can plug in in different places over the course of time and then from about 14 on it's i'm not going to say flyers but a lot less certainty and that this is a draft that doesn't necessarily have long haul depth Am I within the range of accurate?
2: Yeah, that's, I would say that's within the range of accurate. The thing that I like a lot about this draft class compared to other draft classes that I've covered is that, you know, everybody has different opinions on the prospects in that like four to 14 range, um, you know, just in terms of how they project and can they be stars? Can they be complementary role players? Um, and I, I kind of feel like there are some players that are like one tool away from being able to, you know, get to that next level of, okay, maybe he's a a solid starter, but if he, you know, refines this one area, then he'd become become an all-star. And then when you get into that later first round range, I think there's actually a lot of talented upperclassmen who are kind of ready to make an impact on winning teams in that range, like anywhere from 25 to say 35. Um, But again, like, you know, there's a lot of guys in this class where it's like, all right, they have one real big swing skill and if they can figure it out, then maybe they can get to that next level.
0: Okay, more likely, Jalen Hood-Shifino sneaks his way into the late lottery, or Trace Jackson Davis falls out of round one and falls into the mid-30s?
2: I like the idea of Jalen Hood-Shifino sneaking into the late lottery. Um, The Raptors are a team that I've had him mock to uh, in every mock draft that I've done pretty much. And they actually just, their new head coach that they just hired, is like a basketball savant on the pick and roll. And I just feel like that would be a fantastic fit for Jalen Hood-Shifino, especially if, Fred VanVleet's not going to resign there, so I actually really like his odds of potentially ending up in Toronto at 13.
0: Okay, Trace Jackson Davis, you see him where?
2: Trace Jackson Davis, I actually like him going to Indiana. Like at the end of the first round, I mean, I just feel like that they could use an intelligent small ball five there. I mean, I don't know, they're they're probably not going to use all five of their picks, but if they do decide to hold on to one of those late first rounders, I don't I don't mind the idea of Trace Jackson Davis staying home in Indiana and playing that small ball back at five role.
1: Interesting. Boy, that would be quite the talk show for us come Friday morning. So uh, thank you for that, Kyle, if that does come to fruition. Again, Kyle Irving is with us here from the Sporting News, covers the NBA draft. Um, Kyle, I've said for the last few weeks right now, if you look at the Pacers at seven, I would be totally content on Friday morning if the Pacers took Jairus Walker or Taylor Hendricks. What do you like? What do you not like about those two?
2: I'm sorry, did you say you would would be upset or wouldn't be upset?
1: I would be content. I I, I would be a fan of either Jairus Walker or Taylor Hendricks in a Pacers uniform.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, uh, Jairus Walker, um, Taylor Hendricks, and I mean, Cam Whitmore, if he can fall there, those are the three guys that if they fall to number seven, Indiana takes them without blinking. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jairus Walker. I think he's the most versatile defender in this draft class. He's a freak athlete, uh, super powerful down low. He's someone that has some playmaking touch, can step outside, knock down the three. Um, You know, I I just really like what he brings to a defense. He was really the anchor of that Houston defense this past season. That was one of the best defenses in all of college basketball. Um, Taylor Hendricks is someone who, you know, he kind of came on a little bit late in the draft process, but it's 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 impossible to ignore the tools that he has. Six-foot-nine, seven-foot wingspan. He shot almost 40% from three-point range. Uh, You know, he's that typical kind of stretch four, three-and-D big man that – you know everybody's looking for in today's nba um I, I don't think it would be a reach at all if indiana took him at seven he's the type of player that fits perfectly in today's nba and you know it kind of surprised me that he's dropping you know even outside like the top 10 in some of these um, mock drafts that i'm seeing
1: you've mentioned or you, you mentioned to us trace jackson davis in that range of 26 29 32 again the pacers have those three picks 26 and 29 falling round one 32 is that early round two. Obviously, the Andrew Nemhard pick last year was outstanding in that range. I know that's not a given on an annual basis, but who are some other names in that late first, early second that Pacers fans should keep an eye on? Uh,
2: in t- Around 26 right now, I have Brandon Poshemski, who is a huge riser from the NBA Draft Combine uh, out of Santa Clara. Just a very savvy playmaker. Uh, shot 40% from three-point range. Could be a catch-and-shoot guy, but also kind of a secondary creator. Um, that I kind of like for Indiana to add to their backcourt there. Um, another player that I'm keeping an eye on is Duke's Starique Whitehead. He's someone that he just, I mean, he was one of the best prospects coming into college basketball. Some people had him as the first college player taken off the board this year before he suffered a foot injury, and then he suffered a knee injury, and then he had another foot injury, and he just had a second foot surgery going through the draft process. But, like, the talent is clearly there. He's a freak. He's an, another one, very good athlete, You know, he knocked out a lot of his threes this past season. He's kind of a a 3-and-D wing who I think that if he, you know, because of those surgeries, he could fall a little bit later, but teams that are willing to be patient could kind of strike gold with him late in the lottery. Um, Another player that I really liked, he was another, uh, you know, budding prospect at the NBA Draft Combine, is Olivier Maxence Prosper out of Marquette. He's kind of more of an upperclassman. He's a junior who's really worked on his game, but he fits that mold of, like, you know, just a long rangy wing can defend multiple positions. He works his ass off on every possession, uh, high motor. Um, he's an improving three point shooter. Um, so, you know, he's someone who I, I also like the Pacers. If they're looking to go a little bit older and try and get this rotation, uh, you know, to form faster, uh, he's someone that I like at the back end of the first round as well.
0: So, where do you think when you look at it, Kyle? Kyle Irving's our guest from Sporting News. He's on the Payless Sickers hotline. Every draft, no matter what sport it is, Every draft has that one franchise that all of a sudden goes rogue and it throws everything into a tizzy in terms of like, whoa, now, now this just took a totally different direction because no one expected that player to go there. That would be either what player or what era or, or what area of the draft that it could happen this year.
2: I actually think it could happen as early as two. I mean, you know, so I think a lot of the Zion Williamson rumors are just kind of smoke screens, but, you know, I mean, it seems like the Pelicans really are uh, determined to get into the top two and try and draft Scoot Henderson. Whether that means they part ways with Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram, I don't know if they would actually do either of those things. But I think it, it could the KF could start as early as two, but uh, as late as number three, the pick right after that. Just because you know it doesn't really seem like the play, the Portland Trailblazers are determined to pick uh, make a pick at number three. It seems like as of right now, they still want to try and build around Damian Lillard and keep their superstar happy. So. It wouldn't surprise me if they're listening to calls and seeing, you know, OK, who are some of the best rotation players out there that we could put around round game and just ship out this number three pick that we don't even really want if we're going to try and keep him happy. So, you know, I think that after number one, Victor Wemanyama goes, I think that the chaos can commence as soon as number two or three right after that.
1: Kyle, am I seeing this right in your Twitter profile? And it's Kyle Irv, I-R-V underscore. Uh, you do some content for NBA Canada?
2: Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. that's actually part of our affiliation over at the Sporting News. Gotcha. So, I, I you know,
1: I have a man crush, full transparency on Benedict Matherin. Uh, any sort of Benedict Matherin thoughts from what you saw from him during his rookie season here? I know we brought up Nemhard earlier, another Canadian, but uh, any Matherin thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Benedict Matherin as well. I thought he was one of the most competitive players in the draft last year. Uh, and, you know, I had I had the privilege of speaking to him at the lottery, and just all the things that he was saying just made me, you know, even more convinced that he was going to be the player that he ended up being during his rookie year. I think he's still, you know, growing as a prospect on the defensive end. I think he's going to eventually work in, you know, some uh, a heightened playmaking ability. Uh, he's not just going to be such a straight line scorer the way that he was this past year. But you know, I was extremely impressed with the way that he started the season uh, in Indiana this past year, and I think that you know the ceiling is. Uh, still higher than what we've seen for Benedict Matherin, for sure.
0: You know what? You got to be huge in Canada because there's also a Kyle Irving that's the co-owner of one of Canada's largest production companies, Indigenous-owned Eagle Vision. Did you know that?
2: No, I did not, man. I cannot. I can't even get my own SEO right. I, people are going to be looking me up and find <laughs> out stuff <laughs> like that. Or you mean Kyrie Irving? It's pretty awesome, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle.
1: Great, great stuff, man. Really, uh, really enjoy catching up with you. I know it's going to be a busy Thursday into Friday for you, so appreciate you hopping on.
2: Yeah, of course. Anytime, guys. Thank you.